Hey, James, do you know David Ma? David Ma? No. Dema, at Dema. David Ma asks, what's one law that you would get rid of? Which I thought was a great question. I actually put the question out to QOD and Freakonomics followers. So there's some answers from the world. But what's the law that you'd get rid of? Okay, I mean, I'd have to think about it a little bit, but just off the top of my head. Yeah, think, I, about it, think about it for a little bit. No, no. I don't I'm want not, the top of your head. I'm, I'm and it's one. One law of yeah. all the laws that exist. All drugs should be legal. Okay. You know why? The, the two drugs that are completely linked with cancer are completely cheap and legal. Alcohol and nicotine. Totally legal. You could buy them in any store. Maybe you have to be 21, I don't know. And they're cheap. Cancer drugs, which cure the cancers caused by alcohol and nicotine, it costs them $2 billion to get one cancer drug through the FDA. And then it costs like 50000 a year to take like one cancer drug. And then it doesn't work. Yeah, and then, all, so and wait, then they so, recall and, like so thousands of drugs a year. And your solution is to decriminalize, de- to make legal all drugs? Yeah, because you're never going to make, we saw from Prohibition, you can't just make alcohol So wait, illegal. why bring up alcohol and cigarettes? Just because, it, early. because it underlines how irrational the law is okay. to begin with. Right. Um, the fact that they're legal. Who's so, saying those are legal and right. so what's the, the actual upside? drugs that save lives are illegal? Why is that? It's sort of arbitrary almost. Wait, so what's the upside of um, making legal marijuana, cocaine, heroin, etc.? Right? That's what you're arguing? No, I'm, I'm saying all... All any drug, pharmaceutical drugs right. as well. You want to make them all illegal? Legal. Well, what what pharmaceutical drugs? Wh- what do you mean? So are, rather than having a drug have to go through uh, oh, all these drug trials. Oh, you're saying take whatever trials, you want. Right, yeah, right. take whatever gotcha, you want. Gotcha. If I get cancer today and I think that there's this mm-hmm. highly innovative cancer drug that's in phase one trials, it's not going to be out for another two billion. It may never get released to the to the public. What if I want to take it to save my life? It should be my choice about what I want to do. I'm pro-choice. It should be my choice what I want to do with my body. So the law you really want to get rid of is the law enabling the FDA to exist. Correct. That's really I your, want to abolish your the issue FDA. Is, yeah. Now, what about uh, what about the other illicit drugs, recreational drugs? People take cocaine anyway. Are you kidding me? People take it. If someone wants cocaine, they take it. If someone wants heroin, they take it. So and then and then look. Look what's happened to our the prison system. Who's in jail under the three strikes law? Of course, it's biased against minorities. And what does it cost to keep a prisoner in jail for a year? It's like $40,000. For what? For they smoked pot a little bit or they sold pot or they sold cocaine, whatever. And and what are all what's all the criminal activity? It's drug gangs shooting at drug gangs. It's not like people who are on marijuana shooting at each other like that doesn't that crime has never happened so again i want i want to know i i think in general there's positive effects by having most or all drugs be legal as opposed to this obsessiveness we have in our society about making drugs not only illegal but the drugs that will save lives making it really difficult to get into the hands of people whose lives they would save i'd love to be able to take a drug that would cure me as opposed to just going in a store and buying any drug I want that could kill me. How do you feel about prostitution? Would you legalize that as well? 
probably legalize that mm-hmm. because again, it's a, it, any crime that sort of happens anyway, mm-hmm. why not just legalize it so this way it can move into the ROM of the regulated as opposed to the illegal. But so that's a pretty that's a pretty broad um, spectrum. Anything that happens are so so theoretically. Yes, uh, stealing, I would. I would I, steal, what about stealing then? Well, okay, stealing. I caught you there. Not really. You're I anti-stealing. Mean, By the logic of your earlier argument, you said anything that already happens anyway should just be made legal. You're saying prostitution and drug taking happen, therefore they should just be made legal. But how about domestic violence? It happens. It should be made legal. Okay, it's one of those things. The, the, the one of those lo- things that once you introduce logic no, into the, the argument, law, it's not the fun anymore. That, <laughs> it, 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 if if it seems like it should be legal, then you know it when you see it. Like drugs, prostitution. These things are only cause by making them illegal. It sort of causes more problems than it helps. Well, I it's would. Not, it's not that a, a law against prostitution stops or even makes less prostitution. A law against stealing probably prevents stealing. One reason I might choose prostitution as my answer to what's one law, although it's hard to say that that's important enough to revoke, is that. I think one probably make it so, safer for prostitutes. Well, it would. It definitely would. Um, and we see that in places where it is decriminalized or legalized. On the other hand, one of the reasons. So look, l- let me start at the beginning. I would not want my daughter or sister to be a prostitute, personally. On the other hand, a lot of people do choose to do it. On the third hand, if there were a third hand, one of the reasons that people choose to do it is because it pays a relatively very high wage. But on the fourth hand, the reason it pays such a high wage is because it's illicit. So if it were to be made into a legal regulated market, presumably it could become much less well-paying. Is that Although, what happens in Amsterdam? You know, there's mixed – and Amsterdam has had a big rollback. There's there's mixed evidence, and I don't, I don't know the evidence all that well. But for instance, you know, marijuana has been made legal in some states in the United States and some other places. And then what you see is when you can get the same product – in the legal market and the black market, where the black market still exists, there can be a big price difference. So there's a huge variance in price between black market and legal market drugs in different places. And if I can get marijuana black market for half the price in, let's say, Colorado, where it's legal and I pay the full retail price twice as much, that allows the black market to thrive. And it's easy to think that the same could happen for prostitution. As you can probably guess, Stephen and I have a lot more to say about this topic right after this quick break. I'm Trayvon Free. I'm Mike Drucker. You are now in the room where it's happening. Where we geek out about the best musical of all time. Hamilton. Hamilton. We'll be talking about the lyrics, the history, the production, and we've got some amazing guests. We have actress Kristen Chenoweth. I'm for you, and I'm sorry you shot him. Comedian John Hodgman. I ran home, and I said to my wife and two children, you have to listen to this. Hamilton cast member Jasmine Cephas Jones. Yo, this is amazing. <laughs> Subscribe right now, and you'll never miss an episode. Join us in the room where it's happening. Everybody! My thinking on prostitution, this is an element of it that I don't think it's talked about all that much. When you look at violence in the world generally, it's overwhelmingly committed by males and it's overwhelmingly committed by relatively young males. And although I haven't seen good data assembled on this, 
I've seen lots and lots and lots of um, anecdotal evidence, in other words, a lot of examples of the men who often commit horrible acts of violence against um, groups of people or individuals, whatever, often it seems as though their lives went off the rails in large part because they couldn't get laid. Is that is that right? There's statistical evidence on that? Well, what I'm <laughs> saying is I don't believe there's great statistical evidence on it, though I've looked, and if anyone out there knows of any, but a lot of the journalism I've done of people who end up doing bad things, it's remarkable how you see... Remember I told you once... Um, well, almost, it makes sense, actually. Maybe the oxytocin that happens when having sex makes you feel more comfortable and... Also, just like... You know, the weight of rejection, the weight of not fitting in. And look, I realize this sounds kind of like a, a a crazy one-sided conversation to yes. say, well, okay, so so women, women should make themselves available right, exactly. to so crazy men exactly. shouldn't hit other people. But on the other hand, it is the men who do this, and prostitution already exists as a market. And I'm very curious to know if there were a form of legalized prostitution, it might look very, very, very different than what we think of as prostitution now. I do wonder if there might be a, an upside that hasn't really been considered. So that's well, what one do, law. What do you think about the law of le- my idea of drugs legalizing all drugs yeah, or getting so, rid of the F- making the FDA illegal? You know, the FDA, I have very complicated feelings toward, and I don't know all that much about it. More even people though, would die from taking bad drugs, for instance, if my role, but, but less people well, would probably die in general. It is remarkable how the FDA and other regulatory bodies like it have been not very successful. I mean... Or why don't you privatize the FDA so that multiple FDAs come up and then we can choose the FDA we want to follow that gives the best reviews of drugs and is not you like know, corrupted. Yeah, kind of a, a Yelp-like system. And and we find the one that's not corrupted, and that's the one we follow to pick a cancer drug, and it's made much more cheaply. And yeah. then it costs the same as a cigarette instead of 50000 a month. We're actually working on a series uh, for Freakonomics Radio that I colloquially call Bad Medicine, and it's about basically all the, all the adverse events in the history, not all of them, but a lot of them in the history of medicine. And it's easy to look back and look at, you know, drilling holes in skulls to try to alleviate pressure that was causing headaches and lobotomies and on and on and on and on. It's easy to look back at those and say, oh, well, that's, you know, old-fashioned. We didn't know anything. But the fact is the 20th century had plenty of, you know, medical interventions that were thought to be good and turned out to be bad And in fact, the rate of what are called reversals, which is when a finding is proclaimed to be positive and turns out later to be negative, is remarkably high, something like in the neighborhood of 15%. So that's a very rough benchmark, but say that 15% of all (laughs) medical treatments or interventions that are declared, you know, legitimate and helpful by the medical establishment turn out within a relatively short amount of time to say, oh, you know what? Sorry, we got that one wrong. Not only did they get it wrong, but like... Deformed babies were born, and uh, mind, you know, right? and people died. So, just let's just blank slate. Everything's legal. Let's see what happens. Try it out. Maybe c- more cancers will get cured. Who knows? Other laws that people proposed eliminating. Would you like to hear a few, James? Sure. Oh, um, I have an I have an idea of another one though. Yeah, Can I tell you another one, please. So, um, you know, taxes are uh, government taxes are as high as twenty five percent. But if you take the as uh, high as twenty five percent, yeah, or whatever what it is, whatever, whatever is the highest. Beautiful. No, federal, federal, or as high as 
39, 39 percent. Yeah. I mean, oh, you know what it is? The actual average tax rate that people should be paying across all U.S. citizens is 25 percent. But you know what the actual tax rate is that people pay? So if you take their incomes mm-hmm. versus uh, divided what they pay by what they pay, it's about 10.1 percent. So just about 10 percent. So because people use loopholes and and you know write offs and things like that. So why I would just say a flat tax. I'm a flat tax sort of person. So 10 percent or lower. Is that inherently, um, it's a tax Since on we only income pay still, 10% or it's a tax anyway. on consumption? Uh, tax on income. But you know what? A tax on consumption might even be better. Mm. I'm let, reading, pe- let people enjoy the money they earn. I'm reading responses now from Question of the Day and Freakonomics readers, followers on Twitter. Um, income tax or Federal Reserve Act. Someone is after your own heart there. Um, not being able to pump your own gas in Oregon. I didn't know Oregon was a state where you had to, I know New Jersey is a state New Jersey where is, you have yeah. to have somebody pump uh, your I grew gas. up in New Jersey, so I did not know how to pump my own gas <laughs> when I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. And I literally, like, I had a girlfriend yell at me the first time we stopped. <laughs> we were on a road trip, and I just couldn't do it. And she, like, compared me unfavorably to her father. It was this whole Oof. psychological Oof. thing. Really um, here's, a, here's a response from someone named Babatunde Obadero. That was her. Who, who wants to uh, revoke the law of gravity. Good choice. Uh, voter ID laws, someone says. Marijuana, marijuana, a lot of marijuana. Um, oh, uh, mothers-in-law. Mm, creative why, use. why voter ID? What's the idea there? So, you- so I'll be honest with you. I think I'm on the wrong side of history on this. So, so there are those people who say that it is discriminatory to require people to have an ID, a personal ID, to vote. See, but we live in New York City. You need an ID even to get into a building in Well, New York. interestingly, so New York City has done something in the last— this was under the de Blasio administration where it created a New York City ID that's an official ID, but it's not a driver's— so if you don't have a driver's license, if you don't carry around your birth certificate, whatever. So the argument is that it is discriminatory toward people to require that they have an ID to vote, which when I first started reading about this, I thought, that's crazy. You have to have an ID for, for anything. So why why is it hard, why is it bad to require an ID for voting? The argument is that, well, old people or disenfranchised people, any different kinds of people, most of whom end up being under the Democratic constituency, are the ones who would be more likely to not have an ID. And therefore, the Democrats argue that any kind of voter ID laws are both discriminatory and contra Democrats, basically. But um, um, So it's like a political issue rather than a real exact, issue. Exactly right. Oh, here's perhaps my favorite of which law should be revoked, even though I disagree with finding, because I don't find this to be that um, unpalatable. But I have to give it points for cleverness. Jude Law. <laughs> Join us next time on Question of the Day, which will sound something like this. NASA, as you may know, is implementing a plan to put humans on Mars by the 2030s. It's not so far from now. No. Would you care about going to Mars? And uh, furthermore, if the only option were a one-way trip, if you were on one of those proposed journeys today, but never come back, would you do that? 